welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today I'm with Melissa Davis, the founder of After the Affair. We're here doling out no-nonsense pregnancy and parenting advice. We've worked with hundreds of families and have condensed all that we've learned to bring you simple, practical, and immediate advice for preventing parenting conundrums. Melissa is a woman on a mission to ensure that never again will a betrayed person attempt to navigate the affair recovery process alone. That load is just too heavy to carry alone. She knows this because she has walked this path. This is why Melissa created After the Affair, so no matter someone's finances, availability, or circumstances, help will be available. And this is why I am beyond honored to talk to Melissa today, because I know many parents have walked this path and have felt alone. So today, she is going to share her story with us and give us advice on what to do when we're dealing with adultery as a new parent. Hi, Melissa. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. This is such a heavy topic, and we're so grateful that you are willing to share your story and to share some advice and give us some guidance on what parents can do once they've had a newborn and all of a sudden figure out, oh my goodness, my partner has been having an affair. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you discovered your partner's affairs? Yeah. You know, I was that mom who had quit work and I had two daughters. One just turned three and one was a three month old. And I was on like cloud nine. I love doing my little like ABC practice and cooking and play dates. Like I was like jamming out in life. Right. And as a coach of my three-year-old little soccer team, you know, just a little herd of kids chasing a ball, basically. (laughs) And we were driving to the game and my best friend's husband was calling me. And I thought that was so weird because, well, he's never called me. So I answered and he like stumbled around his words, couldn't get it out. And finally he's like, if it was me, I would want to know. And I just, I had no idea. I had no guess, nothing. And he told me he saw text messages between my ex-husband and my best friend. And so that kind of started this whole new phase of life for me. You know, I went from completely peachy keen, everything's wonderful, to holy crap, nothing is real in my life. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And so that time, you know, was really dark for me. And I immediately, I went to the soccer game. I should back up. I went to the soccer game and willed myself not to throw up on children running around me. Like I was sick to my stomach and anyone that's ever heard really bad news, like my hands got hot and sweaty. I felt like the best way I can describe it is I felt like I was in a fishbowl and I could see things happening around me, but it was like muffled, watery and like unclear. Like I was just totally shocked. That is just so heartbreaking. And as someone who has dealt with affairs with my parents' relationship and who I actually, I was that person for one of my old friends. I had found out that her husband was having multiple affairs and I told her and she didn't really choose to believe me. And I think and I know made me now the bad guy because I told her something she didn't want to hear. So I can only imagine it was really hard just saying it, but I can't even imagine what your mind is going through in that moment. So how did you deal with that initial trauma of finding that information out? 
you know, I went home and packed up my kids and a dog and drove seven hours away and stayed with my grandmother for a week. So that was like my initial, holy crap, everything's hit the fan, let's go. So you believed him when he told you? You didn't question yeah. it? Yeah. There's not a whole lot to question. And I know I contacted my ex-husband. Honestly, I don't remember what I said or what he said. I just knew it. And what's interesting is in our marriage, we were college sweethearts and absolute best friends and grew up together. Mm. And so, you know, that was a different portion of that to mourn. But I had felt like something was broken in my marriage and I couldn't figure it out. And so what I did for years before that was just try to be more, you know, like be better, initiate sex all the time. Like every little thing I could think of, you know, cook the best meals. Like I was just trying to perform to make things great. And I didn't know what was wrong or what was broken. It was nothing huge, mm -hmm. but I just knew in my gut, like something was wrong. And then when I found out for me, I was like, oh, that's what it that is. That was it. Like, and I just didn't ever think ever in a million years that that was happening. And so I packed the kids up, left. I was nursing my baby. And one thing that's still kind of like the mama bear inside of me makes me mad is like, I was so upset by like this trauma, this freak out period. Like I could barely nurse my baby. So she's like crying and hungry. No. Like, so I was just pissed, you know, that makes you angry. Right. And so while we were there, it was really important that I did that. I think for me, I usually hold it together like to a fault. And so my grandmother kept my babies alive and I just, I just took showers. I felt really dirty and I don't know, you know, I just felt like the shame that he brought into the family was on me. And I literally, my skin was like coming off. I was scrubbing myself and sobbing in the shower all day long. Like I must have used a gajillion gallons of water at my grandmother's house because I just stayed in there and sobbed and scrubbed. I just, I really like, I had this like crazy instinct to just be clean. And that was all I could do to figure out how to do it at that time. So how would you describe your healing process from that? Like getting yourself out of the shower and like trying to move forward? Whew. So that's actually totally why I started after the affair because I did everything wrong. Mm. Everything you can think of, I did it all wrong. In my world at that time, everybody I knew was married. Nobody was going through this. I honestly thought that I was the only person in the world, you know, that was going through this. And as time went on, I found out it wasn't just the friend that was involved. There were tons of people involved. And I found out slowly over time, like, I'd be like, is this it? And they'd be like, yes. And I'm like, then I'd find out more. Like, I even found out more people like, a couple years ago. I feel like they just reach out to me and have to confess to, like, clear their conscience or something. I'm like, please, I don't need to know this. This is over. And so for me, my healing process was a hot mess. I isolated myself from everybody because so many people I knew had been involved. I didn't think I could trust a soul. And so, you know, that was a big problem being alone. Even like my closest, like ride or die sister friends, you know, like I would like be like, are you sure you weren't involved? And like, I knew I, they weren't, but like, I still like, what was real? Because right. when you go through an affair, you question everything about reality. And so healing is really hard because you don't know like who you are, where you came from. You're like, you know, when I was visiting my dad in the hospital, were you really at work or were you with her? You know, like 
you question the dumbest things that matter or don't matter. So my healing process was, I didn't heal. Honestly, I sat in my mess for like three years and it was really hard. I mean, there'd be days that were good and days that were hard, but anyone that's dealt with this, they know about triggers. So triggers are like, for example, one of the therapists I work with, she discovered her husband's affairs and months before she discovered it, she saw this beautiful perfume box, like a gift set in the back of his truck. And she knew he was going to give it to her for Christmas, which was like a week later. Well, Christmas came and went and he didn't give it to her. And so when she found out about the affair, she immediately connected the dots and knew he gave it to the other woman. And so that's a trigger for her. Anytime she smells that scent or sees that perfume or even any perfume, for her, it sends her spiraling. And so for me, I had tons of triggers and I didn't know how to handle it. And so I shoved everything down, like super shoved everything down. Like I will power through. I have babies to take care of and I didn't deal with it. And that doesn't work out. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but it sucks. Yeah. I feel like as a mom, you're just in survival mode at that moment when Mm -hmm. anything hard happens and you're like, I don't have a choice. I have to move forward because I have kids. Like I can't. I mean, of course, like grandma, grandpa, whomever can watch the kids here and there, but I have to keep that smile and keep going in front of my kids. How did you do that with a three-year-old and a three-month-old? Like, how was that for you as a mom? You know, we as mothers are a whole lot stronger than we give ourselves credit for. And I feel like we can summon strength beyond measure when it's for our kids. Like for me, the hardest time ever was the first time my ex-husband and I, we didn't work out. We tried to work it out for about a year and old habits didn't die. So we ended up splitting. And I remember the hardest time for me was when the girls left for like a handful of days to go with dad for the first time. And like leading up to it, like, I mean, I even found myself like on days that were really hard, I'd wear sunglasses in the house. So that if my eyes started watering up, they couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. You know, they were little, so I could pull that off. But, you know, you just do it. If you understand that divorce, for me, this ended in divorce. So divorce is harder for kids than it is for us adults. And it is hard as hell to go through this when you're an adult. So imagine what a poor little kid who's confused is facing. So you have to bottle it up, which helped me press on and like put clothes on and brush my teeth, you know, and get out of like the depths of depression. But it didn't help me to heal as a woman. In fact, because I shoved it down to take care of my kids and just honestly, that's totally what my family did. That's what I learned. Like you just don't deal with it and move on. But you know, that comes up. Like I would just minding my own business, cooking in the kitchen and all of a sudden just have like a panic attack, which isn't something I've dealt with before. Those emotions, that pain that I pushed away, it bubbles up. Like it comes for you. You get headaches. My back was killing me. You know, I might have like a short temper where I never had a short temper before, just crying all of a sudden. Like, so it has to be dealt with. And this is funny. I laugh at myself because I'm really kind of a big dork. So I shoved everything down so much that I'd have these random panic attacks and I'd cry. Like if the girls weren't home, I'd allow myself to just cry. And I noticed, and honestly, this is like maybe two years after finding everything out, 
I realized the next day I felt a little bit better. I was like, oh, maybe if I cry, I'll feel better. And so I was like in my own way figuring out that grieving was important, right? Right. And so this is like the dork in me. I couldn't cry really. I had just pushed everything away. I couldn't, didn't know how to like deal with it at that point. And so I put on P.S. I Love You, which is like the movie that makes me like ugly cry the whole time. Uh, yeah, and it totally does yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. And I had banned it from my life on purpose, <laughs> you know, during this time. And so I decided I was going to watch it. And the, like the second it started playing, I was like crazy boohoo crying. And I cried all night long. I was exhausted the next day and I decided to do it again. But this time I started at like noon so I could sleep and stuff. But I basically force fed myself grieving and started healing and started dealing with stuff. And that for me was like, I stayed stalled for years unnecessarily. And then finally it was like, hey, this is coming for me. Deal with it or like stay miserable. And then, you know, I did other things too, but really that's how I got the ball rolling for me, like face all the pain I pushed away. So I'm sure all of this is what made you decide to start after the affair. Yeah. You know, we either learn from our mistakes, we learn from someone else's mistakes, or we do it the hard way, right? And so I discovered, I started having friends going through the same thing. Their husbands were being unfaithful, they had little kids, and I just reached out to them. We'd go have dinner together, go for walks. And for me, working, like being there for them was life altering. Like seeing that, I always had the question, like, why? Why did I go through this? Why did he have to do that? Why is my family broken? Why was I not enough? Why was very big for me. Yeah. And like, it was like a deep why. And when I started doing like this work with my friends, the why was starting to be realized. Like, this is why. Like, holy crap, this is my passion. Like, I can use this awful mess of a nightmare to help others. And they do not have to do what I did. And so I got on like random Facebook groups for this kind of stuff. And I saw that, well, I wasn't the only one, surprise. And I saw that everybody was doing the same dumb crap that I did. And that frustrated me. Like, they were being stalled. They weren't healing. They weren't realizing, you know, healthy ways to deal with all of this. And so that's what set me on the course to really go. I went crazy and found the best of the best therapists that deal with us. And we got together as a team and just made like a, here it is, like all laid out. None of this like BS going to counseling forever. Not that counseling's bad, but like we got really to the point with it. Like, here's exactly what you're going to go through. We know it because we did it. Because I'm just tired of seeing everybody struggle and suffer just like I did. It's frustrating. Yeah. And as a new parent, I mean, the longer you struggle and suffer, the more that your kids are going to struggle and suffer. You have to be able to take care of yourself to be able to really shine and take care of your babies, I think. Absolutely. And actually, I'd say it's kind of heartbreaking. It's surprising to me. We do offer After the Affair free to people who can't afford it. And almost everybody that's reached out is a brand new mama or currently pregnant. And so it's very heart-wrenching to see that. That's so surprising, yet not surprising, because I have heard that a lot of affairs start during pregnancy. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. But from my perspective, it's what I'm seeing. You know, that was the case for me. It didn't necessarily start then. It started before. But and I don't. It makes me mad to hear things like that, you know, like 
grow up, you know, be a man kind of thing is how I land. And obviously women have affairs too. This isn't just a man bashing Mm -hmm. thing. Like there are plenty of also women who seek out affairs. So, but yeah, I have heard that, that a lot of affairs that men have is during pregnancy. Yeah, that's sad. But so far it's overwhelmingly the response for people who are, and not just it happened during their pregnancy, but they're pretty much abandoned. So that's why they're reaching out for the help that we offer. So with your clients, what is the most common issue people are wanting answers to besides the why? That's a good question. Why is a big one. And then I would say it's an issue of like mindset. Like when we find out about an affair, what we do is we immediately put it on ourselves, which is Mm -hmm. so damaging and painful. I did it too. And we immediately say, why am I not enough? If I was prettier, they wouldn't have cheated. If we had sex more, he wouldn't have cheated. Like, you know, it's immediately you just, the core of who you are is not enough. And so it's not necessarily that they're seeking out the answer to that issue, but addressing that issue shows the greatest results because they can see like, this wasn't me. This wasn't my fault. I am not lacking. And so that's a big thing that we choose to work on. And people can see the greatest change in themselves and their healing by answering those questions. That makes perfect sense. So for people, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I had a friend who I discovered her husband had been having an affair and or multiple affairs. And I just, as a person who when I was a child, my father had affairs and no one told my mom. Everyone was afraid to tell her. They thought, oh, it's not my business to tell her. And even her sister knew and didn't tell her. To me, I just felt like that is crazy. Like if it were me, I would want to know. And it's hard, but you just got to do it. And I told her, and like I said, she immediately brushed it off, didn't pay any attention to it and kept me at arm's length and now we're no longer friends because of it. But when people find out this information, what is the best thing that we can do to others whenever we find this information, whether they're a new mom or what's the best way to handle that? You know, everybody's so divided on that. This same thing you just described happened to me and I chose to tell my friend. She kept me at arm's length as well. And then a couple months later, the affairs came out and, you know, they're divorced now. And so It's hard, you know, don't shoot the messenger, totally applies to this, but you have to remember, like, if you choose not to tell, the longer the affairs go on, we all feel like fools. Like, I bet your mom felt foolish when she found out about it. Like, everybody knew, holy crap, you feel stupid. So that adds more injury to insult. But more importantly, you have to think about their physical health. Like, If you don't tell them, they can be exposed more and more to really dangerous STDs. A lot of people get awful diseases from their partners. So, I mean, even from just that perspective alone, I would always tell because I would absolutely want to know if my health was at risk. Definitely. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if there's like a best way to do it, like alone or a text message or on the phone or, you know. Uh Yeah, I would definitely say... Alone and in person is the very best. It just shows the most respect. And, you know, text messages, even phone calls, you can't see someone's body language. You can't, like, put your armor on their shoulder. You know, you're limited in how you can show that you care. I mean, if you're distanced by a long ways, 
the phone to be the next best way to do it. But definitely, I wouldn't do a text message or an email. You never know how they're taking those words. But coming from love and respect is always a good choice. And trying to protect a friend is, I think, always noble. That makes sense. I love it. So what is the one piece of advice that you want everyone listening to leave with when it comes to healing from an affair? One piece is so hard. I would say (laughs) a really life-altering piece of advice for me and for After the Affair subscribers is it is okay to feel whatever you're feeling at any moment while you're healing from an affair. We kind of judge ourselves like, oh, I'm crazy. I'm going crazy because your emotions are everywhere. And it's just okay that right now you feel really angry. And in two minutes later, you feel really sad and just accept that this is a hard process and accept that you didn't do anything to deserve it. It is not your fault, but you have to be really patient and kind to yourself while you're healing and allow yourself that time to heal. I think that's what I needed to hear the most. So I'll give that to you guys. I love that. And that'll allow you to hug those babies tighter and be Mm -hmm. stronger, not only for them, but for yourself too. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining me today, Melissa. And you guys, thank you all for listening to this podcast. We hope that this episode helps someone out there. And to learn more about Melissa, check out her website, aftertheaffair.co and her Instagram at aftertheaffair underscore co. We're going to be posting today's episode on our Facebook page, where we'll be answering questions in the comments. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and of course our website, www.baby-chick.com. Baby Chick.